Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate. Say you don't need no diamond rings, and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things the money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money, money can buy me love. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host, Drew Tignanelli. This is Drew Tignanelli here, Money, Riches, and Wealth, last show of 2022. What a year. And what do you say? It's my co-host, Mikey P. McCarthy. Happy to be here. Back from the sick bed. Back from the sick beds. <laughs> you just went in and out and in and out for about a, two months. Yeah, you know that's I'm what having kids in elementary better. schools about. Yeah. Little incubators, having mm-hmm. little kids in uh, an elementary school, little incubators. So anyway, Mikey, it's good to have you back. We're going to be on an open show tonight, Michael, and uh, our listeners are our guests tonight. They get to determine the direction of the conversation. They can call in and ask any question on personal finance, whether it deals with uh, income taxes or estate planning or elder care planning or college planning or IRAs, 401ks, insurances, auto, home, life, long-term care, disability, company benefits. If it deals with your personal finances, we're here to help you with that question. And Even your uh, business finances. Business finances. We do a lot of work with a lot of business owners. If one of yep. our primary uh, clients is business owners. Um, but we do a lot with retirees, executives, and anyone who has a lot of income, a lot of assets, and needs uh, professional, comprehensive financial advice. That's what we're here to help you with. If you want to give us a call at 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680 is the way to call in and ask your question. You're the guest. You get to direct the conversation. There's always somebody out there that wants to hear the question that you want to ask. And so be the brave one and call in and ask that question so other people can hear the answer to your question, 410-922-6680. And uh, even though Michael's back, uh, you know, I'd rather talk to you than to him. We agree. I agree. (laughs) He's tired of talking to me. He hears me all day long saying something to him, calling him up, saying, ah, Michael, Michael, I got an idea. Mike, Mike, <laughs> I got an idea. So he's tired of me. 410-922-6680 if you want to call in. Michael, they uh, passed the uh, Secure Act 2.0, as they call it. Uh, it's a Almost lot three of years to the day. They've been talking about it for three years now, ever since they passed the last one. It changes a lot of the rules in retirement accounts. And, uh, you know, our listeners uh, should know about this. And this is what a professional advisor does for people, Mike. You know, they keep in track of these tax laws. And they're going to their clients saying, hey, there's a new tax law. And this is what Mm -hmm. the new tax law says. And these are the things that you should be concerned about with this new tax law. Immediately begin to consider which ways we can take advantage of these things or which ways we can avoid anything negative coming from them. Yeah, so one of the key uh, provisions of this new uh, Secure Act 2.0 is that the required minimum distribution age is going to change once again from 72 years of age to 73 years of age next year. So if you turn 72 in 2022, you got the shaft. 
And if you turn tw- uh, 73 in 2023, you got the, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, actually not 2020. If you turn 72 in 2023, you got the gold mine. You get to wait another year. There's a popular writer that we both listen to that speculated on a pair of twins, one born um, just on December 31st, just before midnight, and one just after, and neither of them have to take or, uh, you know. One has to take one, and the other one doesn't. Right, exactly. (laughs) The other one doesn't have to take one for a whole nother year. Yep, yep. So, again, if you turn 72 in 2022, you have a required minimum distribution that you had to take this year. If you turn 72 in 2023, you do not have to take a required minimum distribution until 2024 because they've changed the law now to age 73 for the required minimum distribution. And and there's some more changes there, but uh, you want to go to Ed in Westminster? Sure. Let's go to Ed in Westminster, Mike. Ed, how can we help? Hey, Ed. I'm a 79-year-old widower. Okay. I have no uh, children, and I have a uh, small ranch-style house in Westminster. Okay. And um, the present mortgage that I have on it is about uh, $160,000. Okay. Now... I do not need uh, any money because I'm fairly well off, you know, stable. But I'm just wondering if it would make it sense for somebody in my situation to take out a uh, a uh, reverse mortgage loan. Well, why? If you don't need the money, you should never take a reverse mortgage. Well. <laughs> That's that was my. There's there's really no um, advantage to it for someone in my situation. Uh, you know, I have a firm rule, uh, Ed, and that is is that you you have to want to stay in your house for the rest of your life. You have to be uh, unconcerned about the expenses that it costs to take out that. You have to need money. In order to do a reverse, you know, in order to want to have a reverse mortgage, well, you know, you care about what it costs, and you don't need the money, so I would never do a reverse mortgage. Okay, well, see, that's that's why I called in to ask the question because that was because the the ads for it at all makes it sound like well, there's really no cost to this. <laughs> yeah, don't you, believe that one, Ed. They're they're the most expensive mortgages you'll ever take out it, in your lifetime. You just won't feel it during your lifetime. They'll take it at the end when you pass away. They'll take it all from you. I'd rather leave it to charity than leave it to those criminals. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Good call, Thank my you, friend. Great, great question. I got to run. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. 
You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. WCBM. And we're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. We're on an open show tonight. Nobody is online. Nobody cares to talk to us tonight. 410-922-6680 if you want to call in. 410-922-6680 if you'd like to call in and ask a question. Uh, because we're on an open show tonight. Yep. Tonight is your opportunity to call in and ask a question. Is that music going to play all night? Yes, Anita says yes, it will. <laughs> Longer, the more you complain. <laughs> so to Drew, that last caller, Ed, in uh, Westminster, he brought up a really interesting point, these reverse mortgages. And a couple points I wanted to share while we wait for that person listening that's deciding whether or not to call to decide to go ahead and call. You tell them their phone number? 410-922-6680. Um, but while we're waiting for you to make the decision to call, um, something to always remember is that any most products, I almost want to say any product, designed to fund someone in financial duress is almost always going to be predatory. So a reverse mortgage is designed to give people money when they don't have any other good source of it. So it's going to be expensive, whether they show it to you up front or you see it on the back end. And something that we run into a lot in our business is people who say, I'm never moving in to one of those homes. I'm dying in my house no matter what, you know, and, you know, by hell or high water. And I had a family member that uh, felt that way very strongly. And um, he took out that reverse mortgage. At, at one point, the reverse mortgage was fully uh, extended, meaning that it was only going to grow, the debt was only going to grow by interest. He couldn't take out any more money. So there was no longer a source of um, funding there. The house fell apart, uh, the heat and the air conditioning broke down, and he had to resort to spending the winter in his duck hunting clothes, parked around a fireplace, burning whatever firewood I could bring him over, and, um, you know, ended up falling through rotting deck getting hurt that way, going to the hospital, coming back. Eventually, in the final year of his life, deciding that I can't survive this way anymore. This is terrible. I'm not happy. I need help. But his only asset he had already not only, um, you know, fully taken away from, but, you know, that the, was just growing in interest every month. So be very cautious of being absolutely staunch that you'll never leave your home and using a reverse mortgage. But um, the people that were listening when I said we're waiting for them to call, they have called Mr. Tignanelli. So let's go right to Jim on the Eastern Shore. Jim, how can we help? Good afternoon. I've asked this question before, but it's always good to roll it around again. Spousal, I guess it's a spousal reflection 
uh, Social Security. Right. Uh, and uh, let's see, I make one-third my wife's salary. Uh, will I be eligible to collect on her social? So the way that's going to work, um, Jim, is that uh, you're, you're going to look at half of her full retirement's uh, Social Security. So let's say her full Social Security is 3000 a month. Half of that is 1500 a month to you. Even though you only make a third of what she makes, there's a good probability that half of hers is going to be less than all of yours. And, and that's just a matter of how the Social Security system works. Because remember, Social Security is not a pension plan. It's not an equal pension plan for everybody who puts money into the plan. It is social insurance. And the people who make less actually get a lot more in benefits than the people who make a lot. And so if you make a third of what she made, there's a high probability that you might get actually more on your benefit at full retirement age than half of hers at full retirement age. And what you got to do is when she applies, you also should be there and say, hey, is half of hers more than all of mine? And if so, I want that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're going to get ready to do that uh, next month. Um, all right. And, well, make sure you go and, at full retirement age. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, she's going on her, well, her full retirement age will be 65 and a half. No, I'm 66 and a half. 66 and a half? Yep, 66 and a half. Everybody, everybody 65 is already well beyond that. 66 and a half is the current full retirement age of people that are getting to that. Oh, okay. And she, she just turned to retire 65 in January. Right. So she, if she turned 65 in January, she'll turn 66 in uh, January of this year, 60 July of, of, of 2023 will be her full retirement age. She's turning 65 in January, this January. This January. Well, then 60, then it's uh, September. Uh, no, it's August of 2024 when she will hit her full retirement age which is 66 and 8 months if she was born in 1958. Oh, that's going to bum her out. I better not tell her that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to be well, the bearer of bad news there, Jim. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. The, yeah, the, the second question, um, if people that have substantial debts, are there such a, is there such a way to get to your credit card companies and say, hey, I'm going to pay you half of what I owe you and have them drop your, let's say, your interest rate to, to half if you pay them half what you owe. It, it is always possible to call up your credit card companies and negotiate with them if you have a balance outstanding and tell them that you're going to have a hard time paying. There's always a possibility, but no assurance they're going to do anything for you. All right. Okay. I got to run. Good question. All right. Thank you. Great question. Thanks, Jim. All right. We got an open show, 410-922-6680. But without further ado, Sandy in Baltimore. Sandy, how can we help? 
Hi, this is Sandy from Baltimore. My, I just wanted to mention my husband and I are very faithful listeners to your show every week. And I was okay. wondering if you could explain to me disability and Social Security, how that works. So, like if someone's on disability and then they hit, they've turned Social Security age, does that disability end and then they start to collect Social Security? Is that how that works? You can't collect both, correct? Well, so let me explain, okay? It's relatively simple, okay? So let's say that I'm 55 years age and I come down with a disability that I'm no longer able to work. And the Social Security Administration agrees with me and says, Drew, you're 55, you're no longer able to work. We're going to give you your Social Security. Now, what they're doing there, when they, when they approve somebody for Social Security, they're approving them because they're technical. Forget what actually you see in reality. I'm telling you what Social Security's mindset is supposed to be. What they're saying is, at 55, we're going to give you your Social Security because we do not expect you to live a normal life expectancy. We expect you to be disabled. And because that we don't expect you to live a normal life expectancy, we're going to start your full retirement Social Security at 55, even though you should have had to wait until you were 67 to get your full retirement. So let's say you've already been approved for 67 full retirement of about $3,500 a month. They're gonna give that to you at 55, all right? So that's okay. where the disability comes in. Now, on on I go and I live a, you know, I live a relatively long time and I turned 67, which would have been my full retirement age. And I got all my cost of living adjustments every year up to age 67. What happens is you don't even see it, but all of a sudden your Social Security goes from disability, SSDI, to regular Social Security retirement income. Now, you don't see it, you don't feel it, nothing changed, but it makes a difference in the sense of now you can just work and, and make a million dollars a year um, you know, without any repercussions, whereas when you were 55 or 60 or 62, if you went back to work, your disability could have been totally shut off from you if you tried to work again. So that's okay. the only differential between the two. I hope I explained that well. Well, let me add one yes, more point to that, Sandy. Um, you know, you, you may become disabled and no longer able to work, but maybe you technically could be doing something, and that's where getting to that age, that full retirement age, maybe now you can, you know, work a phone call line or something like that. Or you could do yeah. whatever. You could go work construction if you want, if you can do it. It doesn't matter anymore once you're 60, once you're full retirement age. Okay, that explains a lot. I appreciate your answering my question, and thank you for your wonderful show, and Happy New Year to both of you. Happy well, New thank Year. thank you, Sandy. I really appreciate you listening. You take care. we got to run, Mike. Yep. Let's let everybody know. It's an We're on an open show. show. 410-922-6680. 410-922-6680. Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. It's been a hard day's night. I should be sleeping like a log. I knew that Mike's alive. I've got the light. 
Anyway, we're here on an open show, 410-922-6680. Do you have anybody online? I can't tell. Do I have is there somebody on that people? line one? Yeah, there's going to be, but we're just going to have a minute. So, uh... All right. So we're here on an open show, 410-922-6680. There's only one person online. If you want to get online, now's the time to call in and get, good, get a good <laughs> chance to talk to us about your topic and have a lot of uh, attention paid to you, 410 410- Nine two two six six eighty. If you want to call in and ask your question, um, you know, Mike, this uh, Secure two point got passed. Uh, our listeners need to understand that not only did the uh, the required minimum age go to seventy three, but there's lots of other provisions. There's going to be a new catch up provision for people sixty to sixty three. Don't ask me why. Just those four years. But you'll be able to put in a little extra money as a contribution to your 401k. Um, There's going to be an opportunity to actually take money that you have excess in a 529 plan and roll it over to a Roth IRA every year. That's up to a maximum of 30,000 in your lifetime. That's an interesting provision. I think it's going to be helpful to some people. Um, There are some other freaky little things like, uh, you know, if you're, if you're doing, you, you're not doing the 401k because you're paying off a lot of student debt, you go to your employer and say, hey, I'm paying off student debt. Will you still match my 401k because I'm making these payments to my student debt? And if the plan adopts this agreement, they'll be able to do that. And lastly, another interesting provision is that your company matches every year. Normally that match goes pre-tax, so you never have to pay taxes on it. It just accumulates in your account till you retire and you pay taxes on it. You can now say to your employer, if they adopt the provision, this is always a a caveat, the the company plan has to adopt the provision, the employer could match your contribution in Roth dollars, you pay taxes on it, so let's say they do a $5,000 match, you pay taxes on it, but now the money grows tax-free forever. Um, there are good reasons to do that, and there are bad reasons to do that. And you need to be wise in, in making those decisions. All right, Mike, let's go. All Rock right, and roll. John in Owings Mills, how can we help? Uh, I was going to ask you something about insurance, but uh, since you said this uh, Roth conversion for a 529 plan, could you, uh, I didn't know about that, but it sounds like, is that something I need to contribute to before the end of the year, like the next two, three days? I, I did not know anything about this. No, you're, you're, you got to understand what they're saying. It's a Roth contribution. So let's say I have excess money in my Roth, in my four, 529 plan, and I, I made earned income, okay? So I made twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, but I don't have money to contribute or I've got excess money in my 529 and I don't want to leave it in there and stuck until I figure out what to do with it. I could take 7,000 a year up to, if I'm over 50 years of age, up to $30,000 and contribute it to my Roth IRA. Let me play out the scenario where this makes the most sense. So it has to be, the account has to have been opened uh, for 15 15 years. years. Right, and the contributions that are coming out can't have come out and come gone in in the last five years. So the real scenario here oh, is wow. you have a, a child who you've been contributing to for the last fifteen years their five twenty nine plan, and um, you overfunded it. Well, not even if you overfunded it. Let's not care if you overfunded it yet, because 
we can still put more money into that 529 plan. Um, and even if we put more than we can deduct in a single year, we'll get those deductions going forward. But beginning in the 15th year, if that child is uh, 16, 17, 18, has a part-time job, and you also want to contribute, help them contribute to a Roth IRA, you could take some of that 529 money and put it out into a Roth IRA for their benefit, and then just put more money in if you need it to fund the, the college education. It's, again, a wonderful uh, tax bill for people with a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John? The, the money, uh, the, the, the switch from the 529 to the Roth has to be in the name of the child. Of the beneficiary, whoever that is. You can be the beneficiary, whoever the beneficiary is. Oh, whoever the beneficiary. Yeah, be but you. you can change the beneficiary. If you're the account holder, you can change the beneficiary anybody you want it to be. But then there there is a provision that we haven't figured out yet. If you change the beneficiary from your child to yourself, does that start the 15 clock over again? We don't know the answer to that yet. Yeah. It's primarily going to be a generational wealth tool. Well, I, I have grandchildren, for example, and I'm thinking of, of you know, they do not have 529s. I'm thinking of starting that up. Um, this is something I should seriously be aware of. Yeah, this yeah, would absolutely. be a great a tool that you could either use it for college or you could give it and move it into their Roth if they start to work. All right, John, I got to well, move on. Thanks a lot. Good question. Thank you. Great question. All right, we're, wonderful. we're not sure. One of the beauties of these new laws, Mike, is you never understand what they're really all about until you get a few years. <laughs> Absolutely. Down the road. Hey, Anita, I have two J I L L's. Is that correct? Okay, very good. So, uh, Jill, how can we help? This is Jill number one. Jill number two, we're, you'll, you'll be next. Jill? Hi. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a question about my husband's pension. He is. Re- 72 and a half, and he is told that he has to take his pension. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're just, he can also take it as a as cash. Okay. So we are really debating on whether to take the pension or take it in cash and manage it ourselves because we're both, you know, 72 and a half, so... Uh, if we were to die next year, we just lose all that money. You're probably best to take it in cash and roll it into an IRA. Make sure you do a direct rollover to an IRA. And if an annuity is a good thing, you should look at commission-free annuities only. And you could buy your own if you feel it's necessary. And then that way you could do it jointly if you want. But you should definitely manage yourself, take it, and roll it to an IRA. Okay, so there are commission-free IRAs. How would I research that? Commission-free annuities. Um, there are commission-free all products. Um, you know, you, you, you know the, your best bet is to talk to Charles Schwab and Company or Vanguard. Um, those are great companies that are always commission-free that you can talk to. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, All right. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. All right. You We're still on an open show, and we have our next Jill, no less than the first. <laughs> Jill in Pikesville, how can we help? Hi there. Actually, while I was listening, I've changed my question a couple of times, but it all has to do with grandchildren and um, building up some fun for them. So my initial question was, what's happened with the I-bonds? I haven't heard them spoken about, and... Um, 
are they still a good investment? And would this be something that uh, might be used for, let's say, a teenager who only has a f- maybe five years? Because I've seen that or heard that you have to keep this in. You have to keep the money in at least five or six. Years. I, I think that for a teenager with this new uh, Secure Act 2.0 law where you can use the money for college or you can use the money to fund a Roth IRA in the future, um, the 529 may be your better option. I, you know, the, the I-bond's a good investment if you've got excess cash and something you just want to do with, but I don't necessarily know that I would do it for a teenager. Okay, and well, you know, another reason for that is the I-bond tax defers interest. Usually teenagers, when they're going to want that money, are in low tax brackets. Mm, oh, if you accumulate that and defer that interest, it's going, to pack, it's going to come out in one pop at one time. And it could easily push them into a taxable situation. Got it. Okay, so that's not for them. And can, they get a, can I open up a Roth for them, let's say they, if they uh, work. gardening or anything else? If they work and they get a W-2 or they have a 1099 business that they run and they make an earned income, yes, you can do a Roth. Otherwise, no. Okay, so babysitting really doesn't cut it. No, not unless they're filing a tax return saying I'm babysitting, making money. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, nor- normally they don't. <laughs> right, right. Okay. So a okay. W-2 would be the best way to get it, you know? Yeah. All right? Let me okay. add two Thanks points so to that. Um, one is that... If your granddaughter or grandson is potentially going to be looking for student aid when they go to college, 529 count uh, plan assets count less against them than an individual account or like an I bond would against their projected family. But it doesn't count at all. If grandma holds the account, right? If grandma holds the account. It does not count at all. So right. or parents or parents. So if they open right. the 529, make the grandchild the beneficiary. You give money in. Another thing is this is all brand new. Uh, Drew and I are like a kid. We're like my children on Christmas Day with a new toy that we're looking to play with, (laughs) except for this is a new tax law. And one of the things is the maximum you can ever convert from the 529 to the Roth is 35000 So it's one of those things where it's not going to be a huge amount of money. But, you know, for people, geeks like us, hey, thirty five grand, I can get into a Roth for my kid. That's great. Yep. Great. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we still have a caller on the line, but Hal, if you can be patient with us for a couple more minutes, this is still an open show. We've only got one caller left on the lines. We've got a whole quarter left. 410-922-6680. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. 
back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back. Money, Riches, and Wealth. It's Drew Tignanelli here, Money, Riches, and Wealth, with Michael P. McCarthy back from the sick bed. Back doing from the sick great, bed. Doing great, though. He's looking great, doing great today. And uh, we're on an open show. You have a caller online. He's been waiting patiently, Mike. Let's go talk to Hal. Hal, how can we help? I'm stuck in traffic. If you could move it, it'd be good. No. Social Security? <laughs> what? Yep. What? That's about my brother. He, he's going to take Social Security at 62. And his okay. wife is a couple years older than him. She's waiting till 67 to take it. Does, okay. Will his switch when she takes it, or does he have to go in and actually, you know, he has to wait till his full retirement age so he doesn't so get So she, she made more money than he. Right, yep. She's Did she nerd. make a lot more money than him? I believe so. Okay. So here's this is going to be an interesting one, Hal, because, uh, the, you know, normally your brother would get half of her Social Security. Yep. If, if it was more than all of his at full retirement age. So here's the, here's the quirk to what your question is. If Hal goes, I mean, if your brother goes in at 62 and claims his Social Security, and let's say his Social Security is 1000 a month, and they're going to say, hey, you know, Hal's brother, your Social Security is 1000 a month, but you're 62, not 67, so we're going to discount it down to $700 a month. Let's, yep. let, let's say that, okay? Let's so they're going to say, you know, Hal's brother, we're going to discount this down to 700 a month. Now, a few years later, his wife goes in at 67 and claims Social Security, all right? And half of hers is 1500 a month, all right? So Hal's brother says, wow, I'm going to go in now, and I'm going to get half of hers. I'm going to get 1500 a month. And they're going to say, oh, no, wait a minute, Hal's brother. You're not going to get 1500 a month because you already took 1000 of yours yep. per month at a discounted rate of $700 a month. And also, Hal's brother, you're not yet 67 yourself. You have to be your full retirement age until you're going to get all half of her Social Security. So Hal says, okay, I'll wait until I'm full retirement age. So he waits until he's 67. He goes in and collects half of hers, which is 1500 But they're going to say, wait a minute, you took 1000 already. And it's discounted down to seven hundred. So we're only going to give you five hundred dollars more for twelve hundred dollars a month, not the full fifteen hundred yep. a month. That's how it's going to work. I didn't know if he, he had, if he could wait or not, or they switched. You know, like you go in same time, you, you, they deem you. If he goes in at the same time with her. He'll get half of hers, but he's still two years younger, so he's not going to yep. be his own full retirement age. They'll still discount it two years if he waits and not takes anything until two years before his, his uh, full retirement age. If he waits until his full 67 years of age, he will literally get half of hers if it's more than all of his. Okay. Hey, that's, that's, you, you were good. Well, Hal, I think you had a second part of your question there. I don't know if you meant it or not, but it's important for people to know, and Drew, correct me if I'm wrong, the um, Social Security doesn't do anything automatically. Everything requires your action. Absolutely. That is true. Okay. 
Your brother has to go in and file if he wants half of hers. If he files in early and then she goes in and files and he doesn't go back and say, hey, I want to look at spousal benefits now that she's you know, applying, he will not be adjusted accordingly. He has okay. to go back and talk to them. Same thing uh, is true all- as if your spouse dies. If your spouse dies and you don't go in and say, hey, I want to I look at spousal survivor's benefits, then you are not going to get them. You have to go talk to Social Security. Good point, Mikey. All Very right, good. Hal, Thanks, good question. Hal. Great question, my friend. All right, what are we doing now, Mike? We are on an open show, and we're in that same position we were earlier where there's somebody listening trying to decide if they're going to call, and we're waiting for them to make that decision. Well, we've only got seven minutes left. They better decide quickly and dial 922-6680 if they want to call in. Otherwise, uh, let me rant about something, Mike. I'm I'm classic at ranting. Mm -hmm, You're good Um, at it. Yeah, I'm very good at it sometimes. Uh, Nothing irritates me more than financial journalists. Well, I shouldn't say that. The the, the uh, politicians irritate me more than financial journalists, but financial journalists irritate me quite a bit also. I had a client call us up today and say, hey, I was reading a journal, financial uh, Wall Street Journal article today, and it said that if I gave uh, five times the gift allowance, I could do $80,000 to my grandchildren you know, et cetera, et cetera. He thought this was the greatest thing since sliced bread. To the 529. To the 529 plan. And and I'm like, you know, Mike, his name was Mike also. I'm like, Mike, there is no benefit to this to you at all. I said, I know what they're talking about, but it's an absolute worthless talk to most people. If you're worth 50 million, maybe, maybe it's something that we want to talk about. But to the average person, who's worth even a fair amount of money, three million, five million, ten million. It's worthless information. And uh, I don't understand why financial journalists do the articles they do and try to hype them out like there's something great. Fear, uh, you know, greed. You know, I guess the that's how they, that's how the they drive people to read their articles. I saw one the other day, Mike, and this this really irritated me. It was on Yahoo.com, uh, YahooFinance.com, and it said, the Roth conversions beware of the five-year rule. And I'm like, really? You're, you're making a point out of the five-year rule for a Roth conversion? And, I mean, it was the most worthless article well, I think anybody could because... have ever written. It's too complicated to explain to the public right here on this radio show, no, Mike. This is a rant. It's just, it's, it's a rant, <laughs> and it's a good rant, and the, the public doesn't even need to worry about the five-year rule on a Roth conversion. Because if, if I got Joe Schmo never set up a Roth IRA before, Mike, okay, and I said, let's do a Roth conversion, $50,000, and they're 60 or 65, they're over 59 and a half years old, and we did a Roth conversion of $50,000, that 50000 would be fully accessible to him. It's only the interest, dividends, and capital gains he'd have to wait five years to get tax-free. And that will probably be a worthless thing to know because we'll, we'll probably never need the interest, No one doing the Roth conversion gains. needs money because they're, they're happy to pay the taxes to defer it, money longer. If they're happy to pay the taxes, they're not going to worry about the five-year rule. On a, a small it, portion. 
it was of the conversion. Know, there is no negative to a Roth conversion unless you're not thinking about what is my tax bracket today and what could be my tax bracket in the future. That is the only thing you need to worry about when you do a Roth conversion, at least as far as I can tell. If you have something else that I should think about, Mike, go ahead and tell me now. Go ahead. Uh, go just ahead. in general or specific to that? Because I've got something I can talk about. You got something you could talk about, but I want to know, is there anything else other than what's my tax bracket today and what would my likely tax bracket uh, be yep, in one the more. future? One more. Go ahead. Where am I going to pay the taxes from? Well, that's, that's the whole, where am I going to pay the taxes from? Yeah, that's an yep. interesting question. You can't, you don't want to take it out of the IRA, but yet it can be done. That's actually a strategy you could use to some degree. Yep. Anyway, but point but is go that ahead. That the article was worthless, creating fear, probably causing somebody not to look into a Roth conversion when they should be looking into a Roth they conversion. They should be looking into it. That's Financial point. journalists don't financial give financial advice. They give you fear and greed. And they, they get you to read their articles because that's how they make money, you know? If Gotta you get those click clicks. on their article, they make money. If you click on an advertiser in their article, they make a lot of money. Even just the Go view, ahead. they make money. I understand. They don't even need to click. You don't even need to click the advertiser. But anyway, go ahead. Rant for yourself for a minute. Well, I'm not going to rant, but we've talked about 529s a lot tonight. You're not a ranter. I'm not a ranter. You're not a ranter. I don't have enough energy for ranting. Yeah, I do. Uh, (laughs) So we've talked about 529s a lot tonight. And one of the things that I see a lot, especially in our area where private schools are very popular, is people taking money out of their pocket, out of their checking account, out of their wallet, and paying the private school directly that live in Maryland. And not stupid. It's just a terrible (laughs) idea. And it doesn't matter how, even if you are somebody who's just barely able to be making that, you know, um, private school payment that's partially, you know, getting subsidized, even if you're that person, you put the money in the 529 plan, the next day, or maybe two, maybe it takes two days, two days later, you send it back out to the high school or elementary or middle, whatever it is. Or take it back to yourself. Or take it back to yourself, and you just give yourself, you know, a a current and future tax deduction for the state. Right. There's there's, lo- there's not any reason but for it has anyone, to go into the Maryland 529. The Maryland like. 529, and you're a yep. Maryland resident. There's no reason for you not to to pay. And, and private the problems in the Maryland 529 have been in the prepaid trust, not in the investment account. And the and one time an they had an issue, it was hunter. a one-day issue. It was like a day and a half their website yeah. went down. The prepaid, not a big deal. The prepaid trust can have issues like they're having right now, but not the investment account. Anyway, that's I almost a great got to point, rant Mike. level. You almost got to rant level, but you're not that kind of guy like me <laughs> that rants all the time. That's why you. No, I'm Irish. I'm quiet, and then I explode. You've had enough of me. Anyway, <laughs> this is uh, the last show of 2022 here it's with been a Michael great year, P. With sir, McCarthy. To another yes. good year. Yes, and this is Drew Tignanelli saying, "God bless in the new year." Show them the way you feel. Things are gonna be much better.